All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Stories from a Mountain Town. This is your host, Tyler, coming to you from Lionel Lakes, from Minnesota, from the Chuck Meany Podcast Studio. Um, today with me, I have Mikey Anderson. Mikey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, and Mikey, if you could just tell the audience who you are, what you do, and um, I guess how we know each other. Yeah, so... Um, like you said, I'm Mike Anderson. I'm from Roseville, Minnesota here. Um, play professional hockey for the Los Angeles Kings. Um, we know each other because I started <laughs> dating her younger sister. So finally got to meet uh, a little bit ago. And yeah, yeah, finally get to hang out a little bit more. Yeah, at what point now, because I've been so out of the dating scene, um, at what point now do you go and you call it official with someone? What are the kids doing these days? Oh. Well, I, I guess it's, I, I, I like to believe I'm more old school than half the kids nowadays, but it's more of the, yeah. I don't know, it's, you have your, your thing or whatever where you're exclusive yeah. with someone or you talk to one person, but then I don't know if that turns into dating for some kids nowadays. I still think you got to ask, you know, if they want to be officially like your girlfriend or whatever, but it's, yeah. I don't know, it's. I did the same thing with Taylor. There was yeah. a day where we were, there was a while that we were like exclusive and then something was happening and then. There was a specific day where I said, will you be my girlfriend? Yes. I feel like it should still be that way, but I don't know if everyone agrees. I mean, who knows? Probably a lot of people go by just like you say we're Facebook. They say we're their Facebook official or something, and then it's then it's official. Yeah. Which, whatever. But, um, yeah, awesome. I guess, so you're now the second professional hockey player we're getting on, and I'm not, It's. I thought it was funny the other day. I was thinking about it. I'm not like an enormous hockey fan, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the second professional yeah. hockey player on here just from, you know, probably the fact that I'm a Minnesotan helps with that because our professional hockey players per capita is, is high. Yeah, very <laughs> like, high. Can't throw a stick without yeah. hitting one. Um, but that's really awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so if you could just talk about, um, I guess, start off with what it's like being a professional hockey play- hockey player. Yeah, it's uh, obviously pretty crazy for yeah. for me. It's playing my whole life. It's been yeah. what I've dreamed of. So it's um, last year being my first year being able to do it. It's kind of surreal, kind of going through it. But it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot different than what you expect. I mean, it's yeah, you, you get treated super well and everything. But it, it's harder. You know, you got to be away from home for you know most of the people that are going going away from mom, dad, or family. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it's it's awesome. I mean, you get a live the the life you've been dreaming about so it's yeah um, going to the rink hanging out with the guys um a little different than kind of college or high school when you're you leave the rink and half the guys got families yeah so i mean thankfully for me we had a lot of young guys where it's able to go do stuff but it's just that's probably the biggest difference where it's funny i think i was talking to my brother the one day and we were just laughing how i leave and i go home to worry about doing my online class or just kind of relaxing but then you got kid guys that got to go home and worry about their their kids yeah. lives. but it's no it's fun it's, it's been awesome so far yeah and how old are you uh 21 you're 21 yeah and did, when did you turn 21 <laughs> this past may <laughs> so we're yeah. there did you see all those memes about the guy on the heat um there's a guy in the heat that's still 20 or 19 and they were making all these jokes that like if the heat won the, sh- the championship he'd have to be outside because of the champagne celebration yeah, yeah, yeah. and like he couldn't be a part of it yeah. so did you have that during the season um when did you were you still no you no, were I, was, I was 20 the whole year yeah. but uh no i was uh part of some of the problem was they you, the teams always have their little get-togethers or trying um you know super bowl parties or halloween parties just 
for everyone to kind of get together. But it, we had, I think on my team this year, we had seven guys that were under 21. So it was oh, wow. hard to rent out kind of bar space or kind of go anywhere. So we ended up having a couple of just at people's houses just yeah. to make sure the whole team could get in, which was kind of funny. Yeah, that's, that is yeah. funny. That's a lot of really young guys. Did they, yeah, was, did the, did they, do they all drafted in like one or two years or like, how did they pick them up, pick up that many of them? Yeah. So it was through like the last two years of our draft. Um, and then it turns into, I think, well, all the kids that play uh, Canadian major junior mm-hmm. um, hockey, they, after a certain age, I think it's after 20 or 19, they can play in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. So that was where we were. And I think we've had four or five guys that were just kind of hitting that spot. So they were all drafted the same year as me in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all ended up kind of turning pro together. But we had me and one or two other guys, I think, from college. And the other guys were from Canadian junior leagues and then some Europeans where it was adds up pretty quick with all the young draft picks just kind of getting into yeah. the organization. Yeah, and is there a lot of, um, is there a lot of like, how many people go, how many guys go in each draft? Um, I think so now it's seven rounds for all the teams. Um, oh. So, I mean, every year the team will start out with a pick in each round, but then through trades or however, yeah. whatnot, they'll lose their pick. So I think, this past year, uh, my team had maybe 10 draft picks in the seven rounds, but um, it, it kind of varies from year to year, just depending on what the team decides to do at the trade deadline or kind of throughout the year. Yeah, that's a lot of picks, though. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, that, and then, depending on where they were in the rounds, but like that's, that's, I'm not a math major, three or four different rounds with multiple picks. Yeah. Um, but that's that's you you always see examples of that. I'm more of a football guy, but you see examples of that when they just you know they tanked for like three years, just trading everybody that was an active player, and they have all these draft picks, and then it's like, oh, they have three first rounders, and they got these three like sick ass yep. linemen. Usually mm-hmm. is what they need first, but but yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's like you said, it's kind of different where it's teams at that. Like if I, I know my team for sure, we kind of just entered the rebuild where they're trying to implement more. Yeah, youth into the the like NHL lineup and kind of start building from within with all the draft picks. So it's um, they you know last couple of years have traded away some of their key guys from when they won cups back in 2014 and 2012. So it's now it's kind of trying to turn over, but with mm-hmm. that they get a lot of draft picks and they try and kind of mold the, the team into what they want it to be. Yeah, I love it. I love the the see, seeing the orchestration that that good GMs will do when they take like. The timing of, um, you know, we got a couple good draft picks coming in, and this is kind of any sport. Yeah. But when they're kind of peak, they're they're you know just before peak, and they're like they can really produce for the team. Then you got like your star guys that are you know going all out, and they're in the peak. And then they like they last second they like pull in a veteran, and they're like they can just milk like one good season yeah. out of him, and then they just create this championship team. Yeah. And it seems like with a lot of championship teams. Uh, that's what happens. Like if it's if they're not like a dynasty type team, that's kind of how they like the chess pieces just all come together for like one season and it works out. And then the GM and coach look like a genius when it's like, oh, I would have never thought to get Yarmir Yager in his 39th year. Yeah. And then win a cup, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, it's it's insane because it's almost like a chess match where it's you mm-hmm. like you said you have your superstars or your in quote your kind of your skill guys that you're kind of relying on to yeah. produce. And that kind of goes for every sport. I mean, baseball, you got your guys that you're expecting to hit well or you have your ace pitcher. Um, but then with that, like you said, it's bringing in one or two other guys that it may not be what 
those guys can bring, but it turns out to be something really useful um, mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah, or they're like a like in football, if they were to like add a, a veteran receiver to a young group of receivers, yeah. and then they all get better because now yeah, and the, the young guys get guy. to learn from the old guys, yeah. and then you're hoping that that guy will stay around long enough and kind of turn into the the old vet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you see the good the teams that are good in year in and year out. I'm a Packer fan, and they do this. You see, you, you can see it happen over the amount of years that I've been a fan. You see the guy get drafted, or they bring him in young, and then it's right at. It's right, it's like maybe two, three years before the veteran star will leave. And they do a really good job of not getting too attached to guys. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, like, you know, he's... The best example that I saw is, like, the wide receivers. So I started being, you know, back, I can remember when, like, Donald Driver was it was the guy. Yeah, yeah. Remember him? Yeah. So he's a receiver, and then they brought in Greg Jennings. And then they were good for, like, two years together. And then Donald retired. And then Greg was the guy for like a handful of years. And then they got Jordy Nelson in. And then he was, they were on the team together for a while. And then Greg moved on. And then Jordy was the stud for a lot of years. And then Devontae Adams now, he came on the team when Jordy was still on it. And they were, you know, he was good, but he wasn't a superstar. Jordy mm-hmm. was a superstar. Star. And then Jordy moves on because they just, you know, get old and it's impossible to run yeah. that fast yeah. forever. And now Devontae is a superstar and now they're trying to find like who's this other guy that's going to be the next in the line. Mm-hmm. And they keep they have some good but but I just love seeing how that works out where it's like this is not an accident. You know? Yes. This yeah. is on purpose. They're yeah. trying to say we're going to just have like we're going to have a pipeline of talent and mm-hmm. this is how we're going to do it by having that guy help him and that guy learn from him and then it's kind of like a trickle down effect, almost where it's you, yeah. you get your your guy that's been there for a while, and they're learning from all these guys before him, and it just yeah, like you said, then too, it, it kind of cycles through the team and kind of like a revolving circle of keeping kind of the culture and, and what you want within the culture, within the yeah. Lineup. yeah, yeah. And I don't, I, I can't, I you know, I've been paid as much attention to the other teams, but I can't think of other teams outside of maybe court, some quarterback situations how that happened. Where you, where I could even make that connection, like I just did. Yeah. To be like, you know, Donald Driver influenced Devontae Adams being there yeah. and being good, and uh, but yeah, that's I love seeing the orchestration of like players and talent be moved around. Yeah, it's it's really cool, especially when they do it the right way and can yeah. put it together well. Or the wrong way when it's like, I'm I'm really against like eight eight year deals. Yeah. And I was like, like the amount of players who are like percentage of like pro athletes who are good for eight years is so minuscule even the great ones like yeah Patrick Mahomes but he's done like six and that's that's fucking long that's saying like all right we got our Super Bowl out of you you just you ride up to the sunset yeah <laughs> you know like Tom Brady's never had that long of a deal the Joe Maurer deal when they when the twins signed him for like t- 10 years mm-hmm. I'm like what are you like what are you doing? And that's usually the, like when they sign those deals too, it's usually the most expensive one they're getting. So they're getting paid yeah. their biggest amount of money throughout those years. And then when you get into year seven or eight, they're usually not at the peak just because of mm-hmm. age, everything kind of sets in. So then it's, you're kind of taking a gamble, still hoping that they can produce the level that you signed them at six years ago. Yeah. It's got to be just that they think like skill level and like playing ability aside they're just like you know we got what we need out of that he's going to be fine i think it's more about we just think because it's a business we just mm-hmm. think we can make money off of him for that long yes you know if they take the amount of the contract money and everything 
they're going to make their margin on him. They probably mm-hmm. look at it like, they probably look at margins like to the individual. They're like, you know, what's our profit margin on Mikey Anderson? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't know, especially with baseball, like Joe Maurer, you're saying the amount of revenue they're making off what probably is jersey sales. Jerseys. And people um, just and wanting to go the, watch him. I was going to say the fans that show yeah. up just wanting to come watch him play. Like yeah. it's, and I think that's a lot of sports is, especially me, like cause I've, you know, watched hockey a lot more than obviously everything else. But yeah. Um, over the years, it's kind of just watching players. So, I mean, you get excited to watch certain players, but then at the same time, it's like when you have favorite players and they're coming in the town to play, next thing you know, you're you're going to the game, yeah. you're bringing family with you to the game, and then, like we said, you're, you're buying other stuff, and next thing you know, you're, TV, yeah, you've TV spent dollars. a crazy amount of money, Yeah. Um, all kind of based off of one player that you wanted to go watch. Yeah, and TV money, the more viewers, and like, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota sports fans are just fucking in love with Joe Mauer because it's yeah. like, oh, he went to, you know, you know he went to Creek. <laughs> yeah. Did you know he could have gone for football too? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, Gary, uh, we know. Yeah, yeah, we, we know this. Yeah, everyone's heard that. And, and now it's the same thing with Adam Thielen. Like, did you, did you know he's from Detroit Lakes? Yeah. Like, yes, we know. We know this. <laughs> he's fine. And, uh, but like, how many of them are just going to watch him to, be, to like see the Minnesota kid play or like, yeah. did you know he was only in D2? Yeah. And then just to see that and then that's all. You know, the, the team's viewership says, okay, now TV money, like, you give us, how are they negotiate TV money? I don't know, but yeah, more viewership for a certain player helps the team make money. Yes. And that's like, I don't know, I'm not sure at what level, The probably the GM's worried about, like, how do we maximize, like, profit and stuff, but but whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you've played hockey probably as long as you could stand. Or before. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, When was the point when you decided that I want to play professionally? Or at least try to play professionally? Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of just growing up, it's, like I said earlier, it's just kind of your dream to want to do it, but you don't really, I mean, you you say that, and and it's awesome, like, having little kids always, you know, respond, oh, I want to play in the NHL, or even other, like, you want to play professional sports. Yeah. Yeah. and then, you know, kind of as you get older, it's focusing, once you kind of focus it down to one sport, it's, um, you know, trying to realize that it's actually something that can be possible. And that was kind of, um, when I ended up going to play junior hockey, it was starting to have NHL scouts start talking to me and kind of, um, you know, reaching out to want to talk and kind of interview and, and do a little stuff like that. And that's when I kind of realized that, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I get on the right path and do the right things, there's a chance that it actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of the first time I was kind of eye open with, okay, like it's, it could be a possibility, um, which kind of turned into more from the dream into like a goal of me wanting to get there, mm-hmm. um, which was, was probably the, the biggest kind of eye opener is when I kind of realized like um, what it's going to take and, and kind of what steps I needed to, to go through to try and get there. Yeah. Is, is your, so your brother, uh, is he older or younger than you? Uh, older, he's eleven months older. Oh wow! Yeah, really so close. Real close. Yeah. So, did was it like a parent, like one of your parents, or a coach that like was able to kind of help, like guide you on on at least uh, visualizing that path that you said that you know if you get going on this right path, it, it could take you somewhere. Yeah. Um, but growing up, our dad was always our coach, uh-huh. um, which kind of helped. Just, be, I mean. I think he did a good job of not really forcing us to ever play, but kind of just gave us all the opportunities of wanting to fall in love with the game. Um, mm-hmm. We had a backyard rink our whole life. Sweet. Um, so nothing like 
but he just never forcing us to go out and skate or shoot pucks. It was kind of, hey, if you want it, like, it's here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, which, looking back now, is probably the best thing he could have done was to let us just to play and, and be on our own. But um, And then it was kind of going into junior, like I said, my coach there has been through it with, um, you know, a lot of great players. Joe Pavelski was, was one guy he worked with. Sick. And it was, yeah, and he's obviously had a great career. So when you kind of come in yeah. and you see some of these other names that have come through and uh, have had success, you know, when he tells you kind of what you need to do and, and work on it's you, you take it a little more seriously just because you've seen that it's it's worked and he, he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. And he was kind of a big guy for me on that, which kind of learning how to, to kind of carry myself and kind of what I needed to do. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Because I think... I mean, from my own standpoint, I played D3 football, but there was never that, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, you know, not fast or athletic enough to play in, in the NFL, but if there was that sort of, like, mentor where it's like, you know, here is a path that can be, can be walked on and the end is a chance to play at the pros, mm-hmm. things may, I may have looked at it differently than not... I never had any eyes on that. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to go play D3 because I love it. Cause I love football and I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to go into business and yeah. like do, yeah. do just be a job because that path wasn't laid out. But if it was like, okay, here's what you can do. And like, here's like, you know, the skills you need to have and get better at. It's more, it would be more of like a tangible thing mm-hmm. where it's more abstract, like dreaming pros I know I have to work harder, be faster, be stronger, be better, but that's, that's up here. That's not, you know, here. That's yeah. not like, what do I do tomorrow? Yeah. And that, that's exactly it. Cause there's everyone knows you, you don't have to be a fan like, or be any kind of like know anything about the sport to know it's hard work and you got to yeah. eat right and do all this. But um, like you said, having that kind of narrow eyesight of you needed like, you got to focus on, you know, improving A, B, and C, mm-hmm. um, which will help you become a better player. But then again, even further than that, like you got to learn how to act A, B, and C off the ice, like mm-hmm. away from the rink and, and making sure you're doing the right things. And that's, um, for me, when I moved away there, I was only 16, so it was still pretty young. Um, and that was, he, he was kind of a big guy for me that kind of just taught me, um, you know, little things, nothing crazy like you know, at, a, at a time, but, you know, subtly we'll, we'll say stuff or kind of, hint at, hey, like, maybe try going like this or like that, and mm-hmm. I'm very thankful for him, and, and it, luckily it worked out so far. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you went, so at age 16, you went to juniors, or what is that? Is that midgets? What is that? Yeah, called? so uh, juniors in the uh, USHL. Oh, yeah. So it was like tier one junior. Oh, yeah, you told me this, yeah. like, last week. Yeah. yeah. We were actually at the, when we were in Nashville, somebody was like, somebody asked about, like, what Riley did or something, and then I was... And then and and then and then about you and I was like, oh no way, we just talked about this. So I actually know the answer that you went oh, at yeah, the time you did to yeah, juniors. Yeah. Um, is that so? I've heard some some stories about guys that go to juniors and they're you know they're whatever you know whatever talent like that doesn't matter. And you're away from home. You're very it's very little like discipline and stuff, and it gets, gets kind of crazy. And then like all any sort of potential is just kind of like wasted because you're just they they just party and get crazy and they're not doing things they're supposed to be doing is did you see a lot of that when you were there uh personally no um i mean i like like you said i've heard you know certain stories about that too but um i think it kind of varies on where you're at um, 
for for my team especially, our coach was was kind of pretty strict to the to the law and having a set curfew every night. Um, mm-hmm. My billet parents were always kind of making sure that everything was good. Not not nothing like crazy, but they made it very comfortable at, at their house where I, I felt like it was home. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily for me, I never was like a kid to really kind of wander away from from leaving leaving home at all. Like I found a lot of stuff to do around the house and never really cared to kind of go out and what party or kind of do whatever. But what city were you in? Uh, Waterloo, Iowa. Waterloo. Yeah. So it was a, <laughs> not even a lot to do. I say it was a so small, you did leave. It was it was a smaller smaller city. So that's where yeah. I I think part of the problem comes for for some of those guys when they kind of get into some of the party and stuff just because of that like. Most junior teams are smaller towns that, you know, love the hockey. They love being yeah. a part of it. But it's um, when you get some of those 19, 20-year-old kids that are still there, they don't have much to do. And, um, you know, they watch their friends on the weekend. They're going out to parties and, and yeah. doing this and that. And they're kind of stuck alone. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's where, you know, some of it might stem. Um, and you're a freaking celebrity when you're in those towns, right? Like, I've, <laughs> I've seen... A friend of mine, I'm friends with a bunch of guys from Rogers, mm-hmm. and they had a guy that they played with who went to, like, a, one of the Canadian teams, um, and, like, he was, like, he's the same age as me, and he was in college, we were looking at it, he's, like, on billboards everywhere, he's, yeah. like, on the side of their arena, and I'm, like, oh, that's why these guys go and get crazy, and because, like, the town, the, they're the town celebrity. Yeah, and, like, it's it's a small town, they all are yeah. big fans of the, of the team that... It's it's funny that you said now because like kind of thinking back when I was there, we went to the local high school there, and we probably had maybe seven kids on our team that were doing uh, like in person school there, and we're kind of still in high school. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny because we'd walk around, and some of the kids in there are big fans of the teams. So you you walk down the hallway, and they're kind of looking at you. Um, you kind of see, yeah. them, and they they kind of start calling us Blackhawks because that you know we are the water with Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, you kind of get a random person kind of staring at you like. Yeah. Oh, like you play for them, and it's like we kind of laugh because we're not really anything special. Like we're just like you guys were in the class, but it's <laughs> it's funny that they uh, like just kind of the, some some of the different looks you can get sometimes. Yeah. Do they and did people like were people like wearing your jerseys? Uh, That's gotta be weird. Right? I just, there's a, there's a lot of fans that they'll, they'll do uh, especially in juniors like a lot of fun jersey nights. Yeah. Um. So I mean, the one we always did was uh, John Deere night. Mm-hmm. So we get a nice jersey. I think the one year we had like a white jersey with just a big green tractor on the front. <laughs> I'm going to look this Which, up. Oh, it was, yeah, it's hilarious. There's just a... What's the team name? Uh, Waterloo Blackhawks. Waterloo Blackhawks. Nice. I'm trying to, like, uh, every year they do a John Deere night and they auction off the jersey. So we probably have four or five of those a year where uh, they uh, will have the fun nights and they auction them off and all the fans will be wearing them around. So it's... It gets that was oh, the first time I had someone have it, which was kind of funny. Yeah, these are sick. Yeah, so that was the I wore those ones the one year, mm-hmm. um, and I think that was the other year with just the the with plane the tractor. tractor on the front. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, hilarious. But it's got to be surreal. Probably at UMD, this happened too, and now at the Kings, like when you see somebody like wearing with your name a jersey with your name on the back. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool because I like. I was that way once. Yeah, where you were that kid. I mean, I, it's funny when you go back now and we kind of look through all the jerseys we've kept over the years, having different players, and it's um, it's crazy to you know think that we're in the same category with those guys we looked up to. Yeah, it kind of so something that I've been toying with mentally lately is viewing like younger and older people than me 
as not not as like stagnant in that age or that view of them mm-hmm. that that kid that I'm looking at is really just like and this is kind of a literal way to go about it but it kind of just makes it you think of it differently he's not just stuck in that age he's going to be 30 he's going to be 27 at one point he's going to be potentially doing all the stuff I'm doing mm-hmm. thinking the way I'm thinking but he's just not there yet. And it, it's obvi- it's an obvious thing because obviously everybody grows up. But to think about it, that that's not their final form. That's just, you know, they have to, they're, they're going to develop into exactly what I am. Mm-hmm. And looking the other way, I'm going to develop into exactly what that is. Yeah. And then to uh, make it a personal story, you know, I'm probably going to be a lot like Chuck. So I like, have that exact example yeah. <laughs> on that end being like, you know, is that what I want it to be? Mm-hmm. And you know, I can change that as I go along. But yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about. And when I think about looking at someone like wearing a jersey that would have my name on it, it's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> they don't make jerseys for salespeople. <laughs> um, they should. Yeah, but uh, it just have like dollar sign. <laughs> um, but I would totally get a weird like flashback moment, like a deja vu, but like. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little different when you see it for the first time, but it's... Yeah, even in, like, high school, like, kids kids would wear little, like, jerseys with my, my number on it, and, like, you know, little kids would, like, ask for autographs, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not... It's like you get, like, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Do you know about that, imposter syndrome? Like... It's like... All of your... For some reason, you're, like, all the success somebody's having yeah you don't think that you're worthy of it yeah because it's going so well and you look around and see people that it's not going well at yeah and so you think you're an imposter you don't think you're as good as you okay. are yeah, yeah, yeah in sports and in whatever yeah like if i was you know i'm making bank and i was just like well, yeah. why is this happening when a friend or a peer is not having a good time yeah okay it's like it's kind of a psychological yeah thing. yeah yeah and then you'd like to take that further the person would kind of sabotage what they're doing because they don't think that they're worth the success. They shouldn't be having thinking. as much as they're having? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's success. But I'm sure that kind of thing comes up all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like there's... Um, I mean, some some guys that feel like kind of go through it. I mean, obviously, your superstars on the team are going to get a lot more than the guys that um, kind of fly under the radar, which is expected because, I mean, you... Everyone wants the jersey um, of the guy that's scoring all the goals. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think so- sometimes some of the guys like are, um, you know, probably a little less appreciated than they should be. Will uh, kind of have those where they don't think what they've done is as good because they kind of compare themselves to, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the best players in the league. But at the same time, yeah. they they don't. I think sometimes it kind of goes over their head that they don't really realize the impact they can have, um, you know, on a group of young children or a group of fans as much mm-hmm. as the star player kind because I feel like kind of everyone can, can do it but I feel like like you said it's um, you don't realize how big of an impact you have and kind of how good you are at it and what you've done just because you're getting compared to the guys that are you know at the top of the field yeah yeah and the guys in, in sports especially the superstars are so like immortalized like they're they're like gods that you know yeah. because of the way there's because they're, what did he say? What did he say? <laughs> he just yelled. <laughs> I don't know what. Must be the football game. 
Yeah. Uh, because um, Chuck's yelling, folks. <laughs> um, because of the way that they're uh, just glamorized. Um, I was going somewhere. Oh. In other industries and in, in other jobs and other success paths, the ones that are the top, the, the top of that field aren't as glamorized. And so you probably, I was going somewhere good with this <laughs> and it's, it's blanking now. But what I want to say about that is that lately I've been focusing on, you know, not comparing myself to somebody who's 30 years into their career um, down the line their success level, mm-hmm. just comparing today's Tyler with yesterday's Tyler and seeing like, am I better? Did yeah. I get better? Today? Yeah. And it's hard. It's easy to do in sports yeah. because you can, you can go and lift and you can know like, okay, I got stronger. I got another rep today. Yeah. I got faster on my skates or my, my shot was faster or in a game like, okay, I scored more goals today, but it's harder in business. Um, you can talk with money too, but like, you know, I always look back. Did I sharpen my skills? Did I get Did I get any closer to my goal of what I want to be in ten years? Yeah, and that makes it easy for me to know, um, to know that the success that I'm having is like deserved and warranted. Yeah, cool. Um, so we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, so you went to UMD. Yep. Yep. Did you? How many years did you stay there for? Uh two. Nice. Yep. And um, what was it like playing at the Amsdale Arena? I've been there. I've only been there for graduation. I didn't go any concerts there or any games. But I, I personally loved it. Um, it's other than the, the seats are a little wonky because half them are maroon, half are gold, and they're kind of scattered all over the place. But oh yeah. Um, especially for a call drink, I think it. I mean, it's the perfect size where we're able to fill it most nights and have a good atmosphere in there. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, we're, we're very lucky with all the facilities we get. I mean, we got the, the weight room underneath, we got the hot tub, cold tub, mm. um, sauna, like lounge, kind of everything you, you would wish to have in the locker room. We were, we were very fortunate enough to have all of it, which was, which was awesome. Did you live in the house, um, the hockey house that's like on uh, 21st or what is it on? Isn't that one there? Uh, 21st and 4th, I think, kind of like going up the hill. Yeah, did you live there? No. So I lived, the freshman year we lived in, I lived in uh, Oakland Apartments, so it was like right on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where all the freshman hockey guys have to live. And then my second year I lived at uh, Campus Park Apartments. Oh, yeah, you, you told so, me this. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah, this last yeah. Week. yeah. Man, that trip to Nashville scattered my <laughs> brain a little bit. <laughs> I'm not as sharp as I normally am in these podcasts, and also normally we'd be having, be having beers because I'm sponsored by a brewery, but but I didn't want to have any of those today. Yeah. But shout out to Snake River Brewing. I don't have any with me because I don't know if you guys sell them in Minnesota. But when I get back, I will definitely have some. <laughs> I gotta say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Duluth is an awesome city. Did you have any other schools that you were looking at at all? Um, so kind of going through it. My so my brother, so my brother's eleven months older than me, so it was. Um, you know, he kind of started getting recruited before me, but I kind of tagged along with all of his trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he went and visited the, the U with the Gophers, Duluth. Um, 
I mean, there were lots of other schools that were kind of reaching out to him, you know, trying to get him to come visit or, um, you know, go see what, what they got and kind of what they're about and put in, put in their sales pitch. But um, he wanted to stay close to home where it was, you know, not leaving Minnesota. He was gone playing junior hockey too in Michigan, so he was going to be gone but was ready to, you know, be closer to home. Um, and on all those, I, I tagged along with him and then um, – he, he decided to commit to Duluth, but kind of going with him, I mean, we kind of went through it together, and I'd mm-hmm. say, um, I don't want to say I told him, or not told him, but like influenced him at all, because I mean, he was going to do what he wanted to do, but um, luckily we're, we're pretty similar, we both kind of fit the mold of what Duluth was, um, mm-hmm. as like a hockey uh, organization, they were a smaller school, and we didn't really care to have a, a big monster school to go to, um, and then our dad grew up in Duluth as well. Oh, cool. So we, we got a lot of family and friends up there. So it was a comfortable spot that we've been in a lot. So it was kind of a home away from home almost. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that'd be the dream to just like to play with your brother. Yeah. So that you was, play with him in high school, obviously. But yeah, so that was, I mean, that was part of the big reason why I went there. I mean, he was going to go there and I thought there's just not really any point to not go with him. Yeah. Um, so I was very fortunate that my first year there, so that was his sophomore year. Um, he came back and lived in the freshman dorms with me again so we could stay together, which was pretty fun. Oh, I would not have done that, but if you could play with the yeah, same team. Yeah. No, I was lucky he came back and wanted the room with me, which was fun, though. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I tried to recruit Ryan to Scholastica because he would have been, we would have shared one year there. Yeah. And he's a quarterback and I was a tight end receiver. So, like, that, that meanie-to-meanie touchdown connection would have been insane. It would have been lethal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was lethal back there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where we, that's where we started it, pointing as I point to our backyard here. And he had the, he had the record trend with that. Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. And we, and we, were, we were super close. Um, he got to suit up for a handful of varsity games. Just, they would just throw more quarterbacks mm-hmm. on the varsity lineup in high school. But uh, my, my team wasn't good enough to have, like, any blowout games where he could put him in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would have been, that would have been super cool. Yeah. But then he wanted to go and be a dumbass and be a Johnny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Duluth. Let's talk about Duluth. Hard hitting. I'm asking the hard hitting questions tonight. We're just staying right on script. (laughs) Um, did you, what did you, what was your favorite part about being in Duluth? Ooh. I mean, I, I just, being, I mean, going up there, growing up, it was pretty, pretty fun. We kind of go, you know, obviously down by the, the lake, um, all down in Canal. That's always kind of been, growing up, that's where we spent most of our time. So that was mm-hmm. more of my uh, favorite spot to kind of go hang out. But um, like I said, probably the favorite part of just about having that was the kind of the connections we have up there. Mm-hmm. Um, having my dad growing up there, so it was... Um, being able to, uh, after a game, we go get dinner with mom and dad, but then he's got a lot of friends that kind of come hang on. So mm-hmm. for him, I mean, it was almost him kind of rekindling some of his old friendships and connections that have kind of grown again in the last couple of years since we've been there. Um, and for us, it was kind of fun to just be a part of that and kind of turn into the kind of a whole family affair as we were all kind of tied together up there. Yeah, that's awesome. I yeah. love Duluth. Oh, that, that'd be probably the only place I could live in Minnesota if I moved back here. Yeah, I've, me and my brother have talked about that. It'd be a fun spot to live. Just, I mean, gorgeous. I absolutely love. There's something about like I don't know how to describe it, but it's just something about Duluth. Just that one spot for me where it's feels just kind of 
I think there's energy. There's there's this this will get into the hippie part of the programming. Um, there's I think there's something to be said about like some energy when you're when you're next to something that is big as Lake Superior. You know, yeah. people say that about the ocean. Yeah. Effectively, that is an ocean. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like there's there's parts of the there's harbors and nooks and crannies of the ocean that are smaller than Lake Superior. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think there's something to be said about the energy of that. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about it that way, but now that you bring that up, I like it, there's something, especially when you have to come in and you're kind of on the you know top of the hill looking down. Yeah. Um. That I mean, anytime we'd have a trip up there, it's how oh, it starts off, and you kind of get all excited just to kind of be around it and be in the area. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't, if there wasn't the hill, I don't think it would be. If there would be that energy, because you can look, you can just see so much more. Um, from the landscape. Yes. And like when you're coming in by spirit, you get it. And then when you're going up, like if you go up um, Masaba mm-hmm. to get up to the hill or even like when you're going along the lake, like or along the, like on the freeway by the lake. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be an energy to like that side, that massive water. Yeah. And, and that it's fresh water and that it just is like its own creature of weather. And then I always liked watching the big ships. Like we had, we had a house on Superior Street one year. And just, I just love seeing, like, being within eyesight of, like, you know, major shipping going on. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you don't see that in every town. You don't yeah. see, like, those ocean liners everywhere. No, yeah, it's, it's different and unique, but it's going, even going down to, like, the lift bridge. I mean, yeah. everyone, it's, it's fun just, especially when you're younger, just watching the bridge go up and down. But then um, you see the big boats come in and... There's a, I mean, there's a reason why it attracts so many tourists just from around Minnesota for, for random weekends. Yeah. And there's a harshness to, like, that kind of, like, seafaring town. You know, you just feel grizzled being up there. Yeah. You just feel like the, the, <laughs> the weather just cuts through you. you yeah. Know? Like, you feel like you just need a beard and, like, like I just picture, I think I think he's a on the label to, like, a, a fish stick company. Like, whatever that company is with, like, the... He's got like the yellow like rain jacket. He's got a big beard. Yeah, I know. What is that company? We're gonna look this I up. Couldn't tell you, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Or like that, like that guy, or but with um, with like a like a pea coat on, you know, like yeah. a big pea coat that's like up, and you're yeah. like, because it's kind like everything up into the chest. Because it's yeah, like yeah. it's like 15 degrees in August. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I feel when I just say the word Duluth. Gordon's. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> This is like, yeah. I think he, he's got to be like from Duluth, you know? He, he, looks, he looks like he'd be the guy driving the boat. Yeah, Gordon Duluth. He settled Duluth. Yeah. But yeah, I just love, I love kind of that, that grizzliness, that kind of, that like harsh, that like, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Kind of just like the pain or like uncomfortableness. Yeah. That, that area kind of produces for some people not produces but like the feeling you get from it the aesthetic when it's like there's a lot of like industry there's exposed Mm -hmm. brick there's like there's like steel places you know there's shipping there's iron ore you know it's kind of like this like took like pittsburgh and like portland and like some like shipping city in like norway or something and like that's diluted right you know it's just like it's such a cool combination and then it's these and it's it's this like central of those all those feelings in a state that's like trees, lakes, and corn, yeah, <laughs> and, and cheese. Yeah. 
or dairy. It, it almost feels like it's got the kind of like that older rustic feel to it, where it's it feels old. Not, not, like it's yeah. I mean, especially a lot of the college houses. I mean, obviously they're yeah. older houses, but um, you walk around and like you said with like the brick, like you kind of just it. You walk around and it feels like it's nothing's changed and kind of just like. I don't even know how to describe the feeling, but it gives off like a kind of a different vibe than mm-hmm. being in a more modernized city. Yeah, there's none of this. There's not a lot of this no, sheetrock or yeah. whatever the drywall yeah. in the houses. Like, oh yeah, all the houses I lived in were from like the 1930s. Yeah, <laughs> some shit. Bringing your own heat and an was, AC units in there just to try and yeah fit the weather. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it's just brick. It's just like wow. This was like this is like a not an iron worker. This was like a not a miner either. I can't think of. <laughs> This is a dock worker's house, you yeah, know. Yeah. Somebody like somebody like came in off the shores, like off the. Uh, somebody swam in from the end of Fitzgerald to build this house. <laughs> to build this house, that's what I think about. Yeah, sick. Um, again, I keep thinking of places to go, but then with the with my questions, but then I forget about them. Yeah. Hmm. What do you want to talk about? What was well, when you brought up the stuff in Duluth, I just remembered the other week we were talking about uh, the grilled cheese place. Oh yeah, Toasties. Toasties, yes. Shout out to Toasties. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I, so I was the other day someone was making a grilled cheese. And I was looking at it, just maybe kind of clicking, and I was like, oh, I need to, I need to get to that place when I get back to Duluth. Yeah, where is it? We'll give them a shout out. Um, I don't. Toasties know. on the hill, hillside somewhere. We'll look it up. Well, so what I'll do, since you're uh, uh, people in Duluth probably love you, um, I'll boost the social post in Duluth. And when yeah. I did it with Riley's episode, it blew the fuck up. Yeah. So we're going to do that again. So Toasties, somebody from Toasties might actually hear this and send Mikey a sandwich. Um, well, there's the one in downtown. I mean, they must have changed. It just says the one. This one? Yeah. Either way. I drove by it all the time where I remember seeing it and it's... Yeah, they must have just gotten rid of the other one. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Toasties in Duluth, they do kind of, I would call them kind of like these fancy, like kind of fancier take on grilled cheese where they put like meat and different sauces and vegetables and different types, different types of breads and then they have like craft beer is their thing. And it's so awesome. So if anybody from Toasties is listening to this... Hit us up. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, what I wanted to ask you. So talk us through that moment. You've talked about, you know, living the dream of, of playing professional hockey. Talk us through the moment when you got drafted, when, you know, there's still a road ahead of you to get to, the, to where you're at now, but the moment when they call your name and they say the LA Kings have selected – Mikey Anderson with the whatever pick. Talk us through the feelings and the stuff that you thought of and everything you thought about and everything that happened in those moments and then when you walked up there and, and whatever. Yeah, so it was um, obviously the first night was just the first round. So I knew I wasn't going to be a first round pick. So it was kind of more just fun to kind of go and experience what it's going to be like and um, kind of just seeing what it's all about. Um, and then the next day it's um, – you know, you have the feeling that you know you're going to get called at some point or another, but it's like you said, the matter of when it's going to happen. But it's uh, it kind of a lot of anticipating day because you sit there, you're getting nervous. Um, you know, for me, everyone had told me the range in which I was, you know, thought to go in, and um, the people I was sitting with, uh, some of my coaches, my agent, were all kind of saying that it was a little, you know, 
starting to get later than when they thought I was going to go. So, I mean, then when you, that happens, you kind of start thinking in your head, like getting nervous. Um, and every time, you know, so-and-so is announcing their pick, your heart kind of drops for a second, just waiting for your name. Um, and then once it, it finally happened, it's, um, you kind of get hit with the whole, you know, whirlwind of emotions. You're, um, like it's something you, you've worked so hard for, but at the same time, it's, um, not just for me, you know, the, our, my whole family was there. So it's kind of, um, you know, you get up and you see them and it's, you know, giving them a hug and, um, everything kind of just kind of goes through. I mean, you're happy, you're excited. Um, again, you're nervous. Yeah. So I mean, you kind of, you, you kind of go through, you know, the whole nine yards with what you're going through. Um, and then you walk downstairs and you, you kind of get wide eyed because you're, you're meeting, you know, a table full of 20 guys that you don't know at all. And, you know, you kind of put it together that they've been watching you for the last two years. But then you're, you, you know, for me, I was meeting guys like Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille and, um, you know, these two, you know, now GM and president who it's, you've, you've watched, you've played with in video games. And it's kind of <laughs> like a surreal moment where you're kind of like, well, man, like, like that's like I'm, I'm, you know, shaking their hand, which is, it, it, you know, very cool. But it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking back now is, you know, more so just a fun weekend being able to be, you know, with my family and kind of go through with all of them because of, of how much they've sacrificed for me. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to find. So what should I search for your video for the video of you getting drafted? We did this with Riley too, and it's pretty fun. Mikey uh, Anderson, like what? I don't know. I don't also have a video for me. Did you not? That was the the uh, Riley because Riley was a first round pick, so he got yeah. to go up on stage. And then the second oh. Oh. through seventh round, you just go down to the table. I don't know if they, is they have one. Not not like you walking up, but it's you. Oh, it's the it's the after part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, <laughs> all the attention to detail. Um, you know, uh, Shane Fukushima and PK Hanley, they're they're really big. Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Playing the game the right way, and you just like. He's kind of like for so this is if you if you Google or if you YouTube Mikey Anderson NHL draft, it's his post draft interview. He's sitting there in his Kings hat and his Kings jersey, and he's kind of like he's kind of like his pupils are enormous. <laughs> his pupils are the size of dinner plates, and he's kind of just like a holy shit, what's happening yeah. right now? Like I would imagine everybody would be. It gets it's, it, so after like you you get picked, then you you end up walking you kind of underneath to all these different locker rooms but they got um the one room you go in you're signing a hundred different things and you've got no idea really what it's for or anything but you're they're, like legal documents yeah no like uh <laughs> sorry like we're autographs or like we're, we're signing uh, like you know posters and whatnot but it's yeah. um i mean you're, you're like i said you're so excited where you're not really thinking about it um you got someone kind of behind you with the team that's following you with the This camera. is your hand when you're your like shit signing. A little bit kind of like, wow, like what's going on? And then, you know, you're in rooms, you're taking you full on photo shoots. Like, I mean, it's, you, it, after you get picked, you got like a whole hour of kind of stuff you're doing behind the scenes, whether it's interviews and, mm-hmm. um, you know, signing autographs and all the little stuff. And then it's, um, you don't, you, and then eventually it's, you, you kind of go back and luckily they, help take care of your parents and they tell you where to meet you. So it's not kind of a gone show when you leave trying to figure out where everyone went. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's for sure a very cool experience. I'm very lucky that I've gone through it. And then, um, so how, how long from that moment to like when you signed your contract? So I was, I got, hold out? <laughs> I got drafted in uh, 2017. Yeah. Um, and then being a college player, I'd have, so oh, Los Angeles yeah, kept yeah. drafted me in, in 2017 and then, um, since I was going to school, they would have my rights for four years after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then 
after my first year, um, I was going to go back to school no matter what. So I wasn't, you know, they didn't reach out other than kind of giving updates on how they thought the year went and whatnot, but nothing Mm. crazy about wanting me to turn pro. And then it was the next year after uh, the season, they had reached out to uh, me and my agent about trying to, you know, decide what the next steps were and if I was um, interested in leaving school and, and, you know, everything kind of took off after that. And the, yeah, do, when do you get when did you get your agent? Um, so I, I mean, I think a lot of kids now will have them kind of as um, I'm trying to think like kind of junior and into college, but they're you know more they're, they're family advisors uh-huh. where they, you know you I, I honestly don't even know how it works. Um, yeah, we we were lucky where we didn't ever really work with anyone. Like it was kind of we we had our path with. I um, mean, we had a lot of helpers with, uh, you know, our trainers in the summer who have done it for many years where they kind of, you know, help pave, you know, make sure we're on the right path and would mm-hmm. kind of help us if we needed, you know, yeah. certain decisions. But other than that, we, uh, I was pretty lucky where we never really, um, you know, had to go away from that. But, um, you know, the agent really, or I should say in quote agent, yeah. if you want to call it that, um, yeah, really can't really do much, especially because... Um, when you're that young, like you're, you're obviously, you're not making money. So you're not, they're not investing like contracts with you. So, I mean, until you're kind of a professional, it's yeah, not really a need for one where it's, yeah, I'm less asking about like the high profile agent idea, more of like, yeah, somebody that's like, you know, at some point and it was, you know, pretty early for you, these like contract ideas are happening. Yeah. Based, you know, baby ideas. The, the idea of being drafted is happening. Stuff, ideas that that yeah. that people that we'll call agents do is yeah. happening. Yeah. And we don't want you to be doing that. We yeah. don't, we, you know, maybe sometimes a parent sure. or a family friend if you've yeah. been around the game. But and um, maybe, the, did, did UMD help at all with, like, guidance? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously every team will have, uh, like, their coaches will have input where, kind of where they want their guys to go. So, I mean, um coming through high school, it's, um, you know, some players are getting the, you know, given the choice, like, do you want to leave high school early and go play juniors? Do you stay in high school? Do you leave high school and go play for like a Shattuck, mm-hmm. um, St. Mary's or kind of go play AAA somewhere? Um, and I mean, for kids that are committed to schools already, sometimes the, the coaches are able to kind of influence what they might want from the player. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was for me when I ended up Decide. So, like, when I left uh, high school, I had signed what's called a tender with the USHL team, which it's basically just an agreement that they'll give up their first-round draft pick in their USHL draft for me to, like, join the team the next year. And So, it's basically just, like, a kind of give or take. So, you give up your pick, but then you're not really giving up your pick because you're, you're still getting something for it. You're the pick. Yeah, so I was basically the pick. Um, yeah. But they kind of get a hands-on where they get to choose who they want. Um, regardless of where they, you know, pick in that draft. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so for me, I knew I was going there, but um, like I said, uh, the you know Duluth had a good relationship with the coaches of the team I was at. Um, so it, you know they're they're comfortable with what they're going to teach me and kind of the way they're going to try and get me to play. If that yeah. makes sense at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, the, the teams will have input on you know where they want their guys to go or you know what they think could be a good fit or what might not be a good fit. Yeah. Um, so I you know, most teams are pretty good about that and it, it's mm-hmm. very helpful. I mean, 
just so that way the, the coaches have a trust in kind of what you're doing and, and making sure that, you know, hopefully when you get to college, you'll you'll be able to play. Yeah. Let's watch your first NHL goal. <laughs> Seven months ago? Is that when it happened? So you see the puck. You know, know what it's going to be? It's going to be a funny Yeah, you'll laugh at this one. Wait, well, how did that even go in? <laughs> just wait for the replay. You're going to like it. It's a nice little cheeky one. Oh man, it's hilarious, dude! You're you look big compared to the other guys, and that's something about NHL players that always surprises me. Like, how tall are you? Six foot one. Yeah, you're six foot. You're not like wide or, or anything by any means, but like you look like one of the bigger guys on the ice. I think it it all it all kind of varies too with, with who's out there. But now yeah. the, the NHL is going. There's a lot, you know, smaller. Oh my! It's, yeah, right. Oh my! There, it's, it's a people, people. So he shoots this from um, just inside, or what would you call the area you shot that from? Probably just inside the blue line. Just inside the blue yeah. line. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time to shoot. It was open, and then one of the one of the Avalanche players, opposing players. Tips it and tries to get it away from the goal and not doesn't get enough of it and it goes kind of tips over his stick and goes in. Yeah. But a goal is a goal. A goal in the NHL exactly always counts. Uh, I've never done that, nor will I ever do that. So that's not something anybody on the podcast here can make fun of. Congrats. Thank you. Is that your only one? Yep, only one so far. You're one of those defensive forwards, or are you? Are you defense or forward? I'm a defenseman. Yeah. Okay. One of the defensive. Defensive defenseman. Yes, exactly that. He's the stay-at-home stay guy. Home. He's the he's the point guard, maybe. <laughs> not, not the fun guy to watch. <laughs> have you been in an NHL fight? Uh, no, I have not. Why not? No. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I the way I play the game, it doesn't uh, hasn't hasn't presented itself yet. But we'll see if it ever gets there. Is it who who are like the big time like scary guys, fighter guys in the league now? Wow. Like a like a this is gonna age me, but a Todd Bertuzzi, Todd Bertuzzi type. Yeah. Like who's the who's that guy? The Chara is Chara still in the league? Chara, I think. It, I don't know if they've signed him yet or not again, but he's. We'll see. I, I'm not sure if he's coming back or not, but he was he was last year. He's a um, terrifying individual. He's a, he's a huge human being. Yeah, and he's all doped up on that uh, fucking radiation from. <laughs> what's the What's the the place in Ukraine where the nuclear reactor exploded? Uh, I've got no idea. Nuclear reactor. I don't know why I can't think of this right now. Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> we used to call him when you play him on shell. Use with him. Use him on shell. We call him a Chernobyl motherfucker. And I think it's from some movie. He's a he. He got that big and that ugly because he was. <laughs> he was born near Chernobyl or some yeah, shit. Yeah. But no, it's uh, I've, I've only played uh, six games in the NHL, but we played against Vegas, and they have uh, Ryan Reeves, who's mm. um, he's a he's a big guy. He's, he can move. He hits a lot, so it's kind of you see him coming at you, and it can get pretty scary. Because I mean, and that's that's one of the things when I it was younger, and we got we were lucky to sit on the glass for one of the wild games. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you watch it on TV and it looks, you know, you can tell it's fast, but you never really realize how fast it is until you're yeah, violent. right, right on the glass and you, you, you see them, you know, come by and you see how big they're. And I'm um, like, it's, it's kind of funny though. Cause you see them, you see a lot of guys off the ice and they look a lot smaller than they do on the ice. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of height wise, but at the same time, there are a lot of the guys are, are filled out, you know, really well where, 
it, you know, sometimes you look at them like, wow, like they look a lot smaller, like, wow, they look a lot bigger. It's kind of, you know what I mean? It kind of goes yeah. back and forth a little bit. Stuff to tell with all the padding for yes, sure. Yes, exactly. Especially the kind of padding you guys do with like the breezers, like, you know, the, every other sport, like you can see their, their hips and their legs and stuff. You guys yeah. got everything diapers up. Yeah. Yeah. But that's got to be nuts to like, I keep saying how nuts it would be. Like if I, I'm gonna keep and I keep compared it to my like football thing. Like if I had to like walk out and try to like catch a pass in front of like Ray Lewis or some shit. Like yeah, I feel like I'm just getting murdered. That was a. It's, so it's it's, it's funny because I was telling saying earlier too, and you mentioned that where it's you kind of see like or you you know imagine being against certain guys that you yeah up watching so. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, kind of me the first time I, I was in L.A. Um, I went out last summer and had worked out. It was after I had already signed with them. I kind of went out for a week or two. And, um, you know, you walk in the weight room and I see, you know, Jeff Carter, Andre oh, Kopitar, and, yeah. um, you know, Drew Doughty and all these guys. You grow up and, you know, you're taking them on your fantasy draft teams. You're, yeah, you're, you played them. You're played sitting them there watching them. And all of a sudden you're kind of sitting there watching them like, well, we're, we're teammates now. You know, we're brother. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean. I was very thankful for that where, you know, you kind of get that out of the way the first time you go there and then the next time, you you know, you come back and, and those guys are saying hi to you, you kind of realize, like, you know, how special it is and um, and then it, it kind of goes with it too, how how they're just, you know, normal people. Yeah. And that's where it's, you know, they, everyone, you know, looks at them as a celebrity and, you know, I did too because that's been my whole life is playing yeah. with those guys on video games and then. Um, you kind of get to know them and then, you know, you, you, you see the, you know, they have families and, and wives and you kind of learn their life story. And I mean, they're just kind of like everyone else, but you know, you don't really realize that until you're around them for a little bit. Yeah. Going back to that thing we were saying earlier, that's, you know, what they are is not something that, uh, that's like a different being from you. Yeah. Like you have all potential in the world to be able to be exactly that. And then the guy that gets drafted is looking at you the same way, you know, exactly. Yeah. where, where, you know, that's, that's not, they're not stagnant where they are. You're not stagnant where you are, you are, you know, so that's, I bet that would be, God, it's surreal. And then you just, you know, hope to have half the career these guys have been having. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's no, it's, it's crazy to think about even. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What other videos should we look at of you? You've got any good, any good other videos? I think there was when we were in. I don't know if you if you've seen it. There was a you probably haven't. I'm trying to think when it came out. It was right when quarantine came out. Um, me and my brother were in the garage doing like a we just kind of messed around with you know shooting tennis balls around and whatnot. And we had the idea we should make. A, have you ever seen a, she's out of my league? Yes. And they do the slap yeah, shot regatta. So. We, we made our little take on that, and uh, um, I someone started, you know, took a video of it kind of as a joke, and uh, then, you know, we joked around, like, hey, like, why don't we video this whole thing, just, you know, <laughs> see what happens, and next thing we know, we have, you know, play-by-play updates, and I think within 10 minutes of it, you know, getting posted on Snapchat stories, I had a text from our, our media guy saying, hey, can you give me all those clips, we're going we're gonna to put together a little video, <laughs> and they ended up making a good... I think it was maybe like a two minute video and they add in all these animations and, uh, did they put it on, on YouTube? I, it, I don't know if it's on, I would, I would like to think it might be, I know it was on Instagram and Twitter, but it will look somewhere um, else. Yeah. It, different time. it absolutely like blew up and it was hilarious. And I think the NHL ended up posting it, but it was, 
kind of something we were, I mean, we were going to do, we were going to do regardless of having cameras or no cameras, <laughs> Yeah. but you know, it was, it was fine. And it ended up, you know, blowing up and people loved it, which was funny. Yeah. You know, that's something, that's an idea that I, not the stock driver got it specifically. Um, uh, the idea of players growing their brand in NHL kind of like separately from, you know, um, I'm, I'm not having a very good way of saying this. Um, like growing your brand, whether that's Instagram, like social following or whatever, building a brand like kind of alongside but separate of your you being a player. Yeah. Like kind of how, do you know Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah. Kind of how, you know, you see his brand, how he's like a Fortnite guy. And he's yeah. like doing all these fun things yeah. on social and yeah. doing all this stuff. You know, he's building a brand separate but kind of alongside his being a player. And that's something that I don't see a lot in the NHL. Do you see a lot of that? No, I feel like it, it, it's different. Um, obviously, I think there's some guys that, that do a pretty like I know PK Subban. He's a, he's a guy that's oh yeah, kind of he does a lot on social media. He's very engaging. Um, Is he still in the league? Yep, yep. So he's I think he's with New Jersey still. Yeah, but I mean, there's he I know he he's kind of the one that comes to mind right away where he's always you know different workout type stuff. But for him, it's kind of more based off of him being a player. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a little more difficult for uh, for hockey guys to do it. Just I, I feel like they have a, the fan base is a little, um, I don't want to say like less diverse, but it's just a smaller fan base than let's say football, whereas, you know, football, if Juju can do, like he, he's able to be out there, you know, be a good player, but then away from it, he's already kind of got a big falling from what he's done. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but then granted, he, he's done a terrific job still you know, yeah. producing everything and, you know, gain, you know, more fans kind of through that other aspect of life. Yeah. It's kind of the idea is like he, Juju and, and PK, they gave people reasons to follow them on social yeah. separate from the fact that they're a uh, professional. Exactly. Athlete. Yeah. It, it, not just a following just like, to see, Oh, I can see them post a picture in their gear or them playing, but they have, they, that I want to maybe say like fan engagement. They they do a good yeah. job of you yeah. know kind of giving themselves on a more personal level where you know some guys you know probably struggle with that or I don't want to say struggle with but you know try to keep more of their personal life away from what yeah. the fans you know yeah that and that's a personality thing yeah exactly that I mean like, every everyone does a different I I don't know who it was too but the other day me and my brother were seeing there's another NHL guy who uh, I think every Sunday they do him and his wife do like a a coffee with with um, um, their followers on like social media. So like they'll go on Instagram mm-hmm. and do like, like an Instagram live, live where yeah, a live stream where they sit there, they get their cup of coffee, and you know fans can tune in and they yeah. kind of engage that way where they can do questions and answers and just uh, I don't know, like yeah. as I said, kind of just build a brand without being on the ice. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure a lot of people would just eat it up if. Uh, if guys started posting like their workout routines and stuff, like, yeah, there's so many athletes that are out there looking for the edge and like what se- what what can separate me from the other people of my uh, level. Yeah, and I bet that would I bet that would be eaten up. Which gets me to what I wrote down: fitness. What kind of stuff? What kind of workouts do you do besides skating and when whatever goes on there? What kind of like lifts, lifting, and that kind of stuff you do? So that was. Uh... Right now, I'm working out. We have a what's called the development strength coach with Los Angeles, so he um, does a lot with like more with the prospects and kind of 
Adian, like the head strength and conditioning guys in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a gym here in Minnesota, uh, Minnesota top team based out of Egan. Sick. So, I mean, every morning I go in there, I work with him and, uh, we have a program written up with, uh, our head guy back in LA. Um, I mean, right now we've, we've kind of gone through it all. We have lift days, we have conditioning days. Um, and I mean, it kind of goes through the rain where you get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Is it a lot of, is the lifting stuff, is it a lot of like power stuff? Like, like, you know, deadlifting, heavy squatting, is it a lot of that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, so I mean, we we do a lot more with uh, like the, uh, what do you call it, hex bar or the trap bar deadlifts. Oh, yeah. So it's like the hexagon shape or whatever, we, we use those a lot, but it's... Uh, I just hated those, because oh, they're being, being 6'5", like I got to bend down really yeah, far you, to get it down there. You need to get a couple of plates underneath it just to get <laughs> yeah. a little... Yeah, a little boost, but uh, it's uh, so we like you said with the power side. So, I think we be with your phases where it's a strength phase, mm-hmm. so it might be like a three week program where it's you know more heavy lifts. Um, kind of focus on, like we said, building the strength, and the next week might be like a power phase where um, you do some of the similar stuff, but you change it, try and you know produce more power rather than build up the strength. And then we'll have speed weeks where it's um you know, getting your speed in there and it, it kind of, you know, I, I'm, I don't know all the science behind, you know, the rhyme or reason for doing it all, but he, um, he, you know, mixes them in together, you know, knows, you know, what should complement each other. Yeah. And then for your, and for your like nutrition, for your nutrition to back that up, do they, does he, does he have involvement in like, um, your diet or anything like that? Is he like saying like, you know, here's, not like a shopping list, maybe kind of shop. Yeah, kind of shopping list. Yeah. Like, all right, Mikey, like, go fucking buy like a bunch of chicken breasts and like yeah. these things, and this is what you want to focus on. And then here's the protein powder to focus on. Does he do that kind of stuff too? Um, so we have an, a lady um, out in Los Angeles, and and she's um, our team. Los Angeles nutrition. Our team dietitian. Or Does she have you guys on vegan diets? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what her exact title. Is. I think it, you know, but that's you know, kind of what she does. Where she, yeah. Um, you know, I've had meetings with her throughout the year, kind of just checking in. And the big thing for me is trying to you know put on more muscle and um, you know, gain weight in a good way. So it's she. She's helped me you know with what I in quote should be eating you know on a daily basis, what different supplements I should be taking, mm-hmm. and well, trying to kind of put that all together to hopefully, you know, get the best results and then, you know, checking in to make sure everything's trending the right way and mm-hmm. um, seeing if we need to change anything as time goes along. What are they like, do they like check vitals or like just like a, a like a Mikey, how you feeling? Yeah, it's more just, you know, like a, a communicate, like a conversation where it's, I mean, we'll take weigh-ins or whatever, um, kind of throughout the year that we do what's called a, a DEXA scan. So you lay in a machine and it's kind of like a, I don't know how it's, it's kind of like an, I'm getting an MRI where you like lay on the table and you're, you know, you hold still and they got like a scanner that kind of comes back and forth and it, mm-hmm. um, you know, it starts, I think by your head and goes down to your feet, but it gives like a in, in-depth analysis of your body where it's like your muscle mass, your fat mass. Um, they can it, scan that? Yeah. It, it, I, I have no <laughs> idea how the machine works. So I, I mean, it's, it's funny because we'll, we'll get scanned and. She pulls it up for us and we start looking at it. And I've, I've got no idea what I'm looking at. And she's like, oh, like this, this, and this. And kind you of have a, a little bit of chub around, around the, yeah. the midsection. Yeah. Might be having too much McDonald's <laughs> yeah. lately. Yeah, so it's it's funny because it's like they have all these different, you know, data and stats. And I've got no idea what it means. Yeah. Um, but obviously they look at it and they try and see, you know, 
where you can maximize performance and um, I mean the, the technology and science behind behind everything nowadays is insane and it's it's pretty crazy that you know we are able to access that every day yeah um but it's like so we you know we go based off that and then kind of see what changes might need to be made and um like i said she's kind of there as an aid if if we need help you know finding new recipes or you know different foods that we can eat to you know mix it up and kind of keep things interesting yeah yeah because i'm sure they have like uh like uh kind of whatever stats or, or whatever of like what they think you'd be best at, you know? Yeah. Obviously like weight would be one of them, but they probably have more in depth of like, this is the muscle or this is the fat percentage we think Mikey's best at. We think, you know, maybe he's a little heavy, maybe he's too skinny. Like they'll, they probably have an idea of that from what they want, what they think you could be best at. Right. Yeah. And, um, and that's what the, the fun part is, is, uh, a lot of it turns into it's, it's from player to player where, you know, one player might play better at 6% body fat where one yeah. might be better at 9% or however, you know, might yeah. work out. But, uh, and that's kind of the fun thing about all pro sports is, you know, everyone plays the game a little differently. Like, it, you know, it may be similar, but it's, yeah. um, and that's, you know, through all sports where um, it's not, there's not one right recipe for it. Um, yeah. Where, which makes it, you know, it's more individualized than where it's, you know, you can kind of toy with some things, but at the same time, if you're feeling good and you're playing well, there's not, you know, you might not want to change much and, you know, maybe you end up changing a little bit if you don't like it. I mean, you can always try and work back to mm-hmm. where you were, you know, what you want to do, but... Your results make everything else melt away. Exactly, yeah. If, You'd be that, fat as fuck, but if, sorry, you're, that was if the, you're playing well, was, like nobody cares. That was, that was the one time, I think it was my trainer, when I was back in high school, we were, you know, working out in the summer, and it was kind of going into junior hockey, and they were talking about doing body fat tests, um, and I think I was getting a little nervous for it, because I've you know, never had them before, never really thought of one, um, and that's when he brought up the point, he started laughing, because he goes, Marty Broder, who's... You know, arguably the best away of all time, or one of them, and he starts joking about how he played his whole career at like twenty percent body fat. Oh, you did? That's that's what he told me. So I was like, we're like, you know, kind of laughing, like, I mean, and that's when he his point is being like, don't worry about it, like, it, you know, it's gonna take care of itself. But like at the end of the day, just make sure you go play. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you, I'm not saying you go out and you you know throw everything away and don't train and you know put on all all the fat you can, but. Um, it's just making sure you you know you know he felt fine playing at that. If that's, I mean, I I don't know for a fact that's what he <laughs> had, but that's that's what I was told. But I mean, if that's it worked for him, if that was if that was the case, I mean, no one's gonna tell him to go shed twelve percent body fat if he's gonna take the team he's, to the to the Stanley Cup. Like yeah. it's yeah, and uh, you know beyond the skill level of of the individual, um, we get so caught up in like these fad diets and these fad things about like nutrition and shit that people are just coming up with. And it's like, well, it's like, no, 6% is the spot. 9% is the spot. Vegan's a thing. Carnivore is a thing. And the, the nuance of it is all of it all is that like everybody's body is different. Yeah. Like maybe like we'll assume that he was at 20%. Yeah. And maybe that was actually his optimal performance point yeah. where like if he went lower, he maybe he felt gassed all the time or maybe yeah. he went higher and he wasn't as quick. Yeah. And I think that's forgotten when we get into all these nutrition conversations. Yeah. Like right now I'm really hot on like having good amounts of like 
animal fats. Mm-hmm. That's what I found that I, when I have them, when I'm going to do a big activity, like climb a mountain or some shit like that, yeah. that's when I feel the best. But I can't be too mad, too much. I like to do like eggs and, and bacon yeah. and then, and then I'll cook the eggs in the bacon grease. But then I got to pat the bacon, the bacon when I, before I eat it, because I have too much grease, then I feel sluggish too. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, a word, a word of wisdom to those listening is like, just be aware that none of these categories of fad diets were written for you individually. Yes. You can get somebody to write you a, a, a nutrition plan. Yeah. They have those, they, there are people that do that, but they'll look at how you're actually feeling and how your body's um, reacting to the different yeah. styles. Yeah, that's and that like it's. I think it goes for sports too, where it's there's not one right path to get to. I mean, any certain point, and I guess yeah. it's in every career too. I mean, someone might bounce around to four different jobs before they end up being successful at the one, or they end up going back to job two. Yeah. Um, I mean, and every everybody's path is different. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we talked about that too, where it's you. you we look back at the young kids, but you know we're looking forward at who we want to be. Mm-hmm. And our, you know, the path to get there is not going to be the same for anyone. Yeah, it's going to be a, a different trip, and that, that's that's the one nice thing is there's everything. You know, there's not one right way, but you got to find the right way for you. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, it looks like Chuck's trying to get to bed, <laughs> um, and we're folks. We're in his office at his house. Um, and, but he had surgery recently on his foot. So he has a bed in here. So this is where he sleeps, I think. So then we got to wrap this up. Um, we're at an hour and 13 minutes, which is, which is a solid length. I usually go for an hour. Um, so to wrap up, Mikey, could you tell the folks out there, um, we've said you're on the Kings. So wherever you are watching next season, any, oh, any news about like when the season might start or anything like that fast along? Um, you know, the most recent update is they're trying to shoot for January 1st as a start time. Um, mm-hmm. That's what uh, you know, Gary Bettman said during the NHL draft. So that's, you know, the, the target date, but they're still, you know, figuring out logistics of how the season will work and whatnot. So um, as of now, that's the plan is to is try and get things going by then. But um, obviously nothing set in stone yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's always changing because there's going to be a COVID spike somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I mean, so I think that means that you got to come to Jackson sometime in December, and I will kick your ass <laughs> up and down mountains every single day, and then you'll be you'll be lightning on the ice yeah. at sea level of LA. Yeah, I, um, and and yeah, <laughs> tell tell the folks where they can um, follow you on Instagram. Uh yeah, Instagram. My my at name is MikeyAndy24. MikeyAndy24. Yep. You're not. What number are you? Forty four. Uh, yeah, 44 for Los Angeles. Number 44 for the Kings. Number one in your heart. Um, <laughs> follow his follow his season. We'll see how it goes. I know I'll be following if you keep Shannon around for that long. <laughs> um, and um, Mikey, thanks for coming on. Any other words for the for the audience out there? Uh, not that I can think of. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. Go Kings.